this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody and welcome to Why Press Play. Uh, this episode we're going to be talking about the Rob Reiner uh, Stephen King adaptation of the book Misery from 1990. And joining us to talk about it is Johnny from Disaster Artists. Hi Johnny. Hello. Johnny does a podcast about disasters, dystopian futures, uh, apocalypse scenarios in uh, TV shows, movies and computer games. And he and Shane... Uh, you know, hash it out and try and survive. Yeah, see so how. that so that they, they they go through the survive. What is it? What's the tag? <laughs> we survived the apocalypse, so you don't have to. Exactly, so you don't have to. And uh, I mean, you have a bow and arrow, right? I do. I do. If you were if you were taken hostage by a crazy woman uh, who wanted to break your legs to keep you to keep you making podcasts, <laughs> that would be the scenario we do if yeah, we do this episode. Uh, wait, how does the arrow come into it? The bow and arrow. You'd have to defend yourself. You you do have a real probably, bow and arrow. Yeah, but I probably thing. won't be driving around with it in the back of um, my car unless, yeah. it, like, maybe if you're out hunting or something. Is bow and would bow, bow and arrow be like an everyday carry kind of thing in the future? Do you think? Well, it's considered. It's a, you could carry it. There'd be yeah. no law against this. I think it's, I think it's a, I think you should start. It's like oh, you Johnny's bow and arrow guy. Like I think that's oh, like you know. take like that'll become my thing. Yeah, no one's gonna fuck around with people. Guy with will bow and finally arrow, right? notice me then and pay attention <laughs> to me. Uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with you online, Johnny, uh, or your show, or wants to listen to your show, what's the crack? Uh, DisasterArtistPodcast.com is our website, so you can find everything there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Twitter at DisasterArtist. Same on Facebook. We are on all the apps you can find. All the social medias. Uh, yeah. All of them. We uh, and wherever you find podcasts, you can wherever you find show. podcasts. Cool, cool, uh, cool. And you're at Disaster Artists on Twitter. At Disaster Artists. Cool. If you want to get in contact with Johnny or indeed the show, uh, hit him up over there. If you want to get in contact with this show, Why Press Play, you can hit us up at info at whypressplay.com. We're also on all the social medias you can find: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all the Snapchats and the you know the Google Pluses and all the ones that we MySpace made, the MySpace Bebo. the Bebos and all that and we also have a Reddit a subreddit so it's r slash play. and we also have a website that has all the articles it has this show uh, a bunch of articles about like reviews and stuff about Kathy Bates and James Kahn and other little bits and pieces yeah, and yeah. tidbits and extra bits of information about Stephen King movies and you can find out all that stuff uh, all the accompanying information on whypressplay.com the show is also made possible by the lovely people over at Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash guys. If you want to support the show, head to Patreon. It's a crowdfunding uh, kind of a, a creator haven 
in the recent YouTube ad apocalypse, a lot of people bailed over there to try and fund their show. We also have a show called Those Conspiracy Guys that's doing very well over there, and uh, hopefully this show will be able to as well. Uh, you know, supporting supporting creators uh, helps us produce more media. So if you head over there and drop a dollar, you get loads of behind the scenes footage, you get extra videos and uh, early release stuff. You also get access to the live show, and we do uh, Google Hangouts and movie watch alongs. That's only going to be available for. Uh, for Patreon donators, you can get in at the, at the ground floor for two dollars a month, and uh, you know it's half a cup of coffee, and you get a, a month's worth of stuff yeah, for it. Yeah. So head over there and try and support the show. We're also on Discord as well, which we do all that live show stuff and the uh, the interaction with our fans. So if you want to download the Discord app, the link for that will be on the website, and you can join in the chat with all the other people as well who uh, who love the show. Uh, subscribe to this show if you found this show by typing in misery into iTunes or whatever podcast app. Uh, Which actually like, might, people might have been might looking be doing, up yeah. episodes about It misery. is an Oscar winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you type in Stephen King or misery and you found this show by accident, subscribe to us and uh, you get loads more movies uh, recommended for you, TV shows and computer games as well. And we stream PS4, Steam and old school consoles on uh, twitch.tv slash play, and they're also on YouTube and Vidme as well. We like to try and... Uh, Discover all the old gems and and dust off a few uh, 16-bit classics and try and uh, tell you what to, <laughs> a good way to waste your time. Um, <laughs> so with the new the new Mega Drive and the new uh, SNES uh, kind of I think they're like Mini is that what they're called? Mid yeah, SNES, SNES Mini. SNES Mini. Yeah. The SNES Mini came out and there's a bunch of games that you can get for that now and like this retro game thing is 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 really really kicking off has been going for the last few years so we're gonna go through a bunch of games yeah. to find out uh, if you should shell out and. And, uh, and play them. So this episode is going to be all about misery. Uh, all about misery. Just about like, you know, student loans and yeah. living living in a bedsit and uh, only having one pair of jocks and you have to turn them inside out back to front to get four days out of them. Uh, no, we're not. This you is, call that misery, I call that a party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode is about uh, uh, the Stephen King book that was tr- transposed into a movie in the, in, in the or very early 90s. And directed by Rob Reiner after he saw The Shining and went, ooh, I want a Stephen King book. Uh, well, he had already directed a Stephen King adaption, remember? Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. There's you t- forget that, There's man. two directors that do good adaptions right, right, of right. Stephen King books, and they both have uh, bald heads and grey beards. Because <laughs> uh, what's his name? Frank Darabont done yeah. Shawshank Redemption yes. and Green Mile and The Mist. And Rainer Dunn. Green Mile is one of my favourites of all time. Yeah. And Stephen King is just such a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah. You nearly forgive him for assassinating John Lennon. <laughs> or so the story goes. We have a John Lennon episode over on Those Conspiracy Guys where you can hear how we accuse Stephen King of murder. <laughs> no, we don't, Stephen. You're pure sound. Uh, yeah, I forgot. He did, I forgot. Robert. Yeah, yeah. Did, uh, Stand By Me. That's a novella from Four Seasons, right? Yeah, the body. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, this, this is... A crack misery cracker mm-hmm. anytime Christmas Day, fucking you know, New Year's Eve, your birthday. <laughs> I like actually before a funeral, I like always watch this movie. I always watch it around Christmas, yeah, me as well. I consider it's it a deadly, Christmas man. movie because there's snow in it, yeah, <laughs> there's snow and emotional abuse, like it's yeah, just yeah. like being at home, yeah, yeah, Christmas. actually, yeah, cheers. Um, so we're going to do what we normally do on White Press Play and we're going to get a 60 second rundown. The guys didn't be doing it. I mean, we're not looking for Dave Fanning or Scatman John or something like that, but we're 
we're trying to get as much into these 60 seconds yeah. uh, uh, with detail in the movie as possible <laughs> so that it's a nice little, you know, in the first 10 minutes we can just go and it's all out. <laughs> it's so like, this give it your much. best shot. Yeah. You've watched it 100 times. Let's see what we can do. So we're going to give Johnny 60 seconds. Are you ready for 60 second plots? No, this is I, like I, this is the second <laughs> time and I hate, I already <laughs> hate this. For those, of, for, those, for those of you that can't see him, which is everybody, uh, he's holding his hands up and clenching his fists with anxiety. For this yeah. Okay, so we're going to give you 60 seconds, Johnny, uh, to give us the plot. With I mean, spoilers are, it's 1990, like you're not going yeah, to get, yeah. I think we're going to have to abandon the no spoilers thing for, for the show for a lot, of, uh, a lot of parts of it. If you haven't watched this movie, you know, it's kind of evident what the whole thing is about. There's no like M Night Shyamalan, no you know, yeah, surprise. Yeah. It's a fucking you know a, a psycho psychological psychological thriller. So we're going to give Johnny sixty seconds to go through misery, directed by Rob Reiner, starting now. So once again, it's a Stephen King adaption. So of course, the main character is a writer played by James Can. So Paul Chalmers is his name. He's a successful author, wrote a series of books called Misery. Uh, he's just finished his latest entry into the Misery series. And he's driving back from uh, Maine, somewhere in Maine. 20 seconds. <laughs> uh, where he goes to write all his books. And there's a terrible storm. He crashes. He's rescued by this woman who turns out to be his number one fan. Crazy! <laughs> um, played by Catty Bates. And Annie, Annie Wilkins is her name. And... Um, 40 seconds she brings him home broken she's, legs she's, he's got broken legs uh, she's phones her out bad storm he can't get help but she's going to nurse him back to health uh, she asks can she read the manuscript to his new book he says yes he's really nice to her 5 seconds uh, she comes back she's mad because he killed Misery off and she's a big fan and so she starts to go even Wah. more mental <laughs> 60 seconds yeah, it's hard it's tough um, it is tough um can you That's imagine nice, if the med people pitched their movies <laughs> like this? The fucking pressure of 60 seconds, man. But it's like an elevator pitch. It's like, I got this movie. What's it about? It's about this guy that does this thing. Oh, okay. But without like telling all the nuances, I think uh, uh, to try and sum it, sum it up in 60 seconds is pretty... Yeah. It's, it, if you can do it, it's skill. Like, no one's d- done it really good yet. I'm going to try and do it for a couple in the next couple From of shows. The but. next time I'm, I'm going to be rehearsing it. Yeah, yeah, next yeah. Because yeah. if I... Like, I didn't even realise that this is my second time maybe I should have been prepared this time yeah. but my third time I'll, you, I'll, you'll I'll, nail it on the third yeah. time um, so yeah it's it's basically like a, a kind of a, a kidnap I love you so much story right yeah yeah uh, and James Cann plays a writer who writes a bunch of books and they're like a series of you know Mills and Boone's women rub yourself books I, I get the feeling from the yeah. cover and the whole the whole thing. Like it's like, oh, it's like a romantic. Th- the tone is throbbing member. Like it's a bit. Yeah, I think they're more like seen. They're. they're I don't think they're the, the ho- housewife porn that <laughs> that, that those. Are. Yeah. Now I, again, I'm going by because in the, the able stable boy by Mills and Boone. <laughs> yeah. In the novel, you see, you get a, pi- a pirate's chest. <laughs> in the novel, misery. It's a, the chapter, what he's writing while there is inserted. The pages from the manuscript are oh. in the book. Like. And what does the story tell? Uh, well, because it's the one he's forced to rewrite. So he has right. to bring Misery back to life. So it's this whole, her being buried, that Misery was buried alive. And there's this whole like rescue mission to get her out. Right, and you only get like a tiny taste of that in some of uh, Kathy Bates' comments. Yeah, as yeah. The, as the film goes on, well, that's the way. There's always like a, a, another level 
to a Stephen King story where they'll take you off into you know a, 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 a separate world and describe a whole other thing like yeah. with a movie you have to maintain a narrative and oh, keep yeah, the yeah. keep the main the main characters in uh, in direct focus but Stephen King is able to weave like this kind of sub world yeah yeah in most of his books so you're an avid reader and you love Stephen King right yeah 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 me big, as well big Stephen King fan oh yeah I, I, I used to hoover them shits up when I was a young lad yeah Misery like when I read Misery the first time and I think it's the only book I've done it with where I read it in one sitting yeah I just sat down, read it, and then you were like, it was like nine hours later, and I yeah. closed the book, and I was like, "Wow, that was class." That's that's a good book when you're like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm sure I used the bathroom, but <laughs> I don't think I ate during it. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, they, like the the Stephen King books do have a bit of more on them. Uh, I did the same with Needful Things. Um, yeah, that's great. Probably carry. It's quite short. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Misery isn't a huge book either, yeah. but be a bit bigger than Carrie but yeah. uh, or, or Rose Matter is another one of my Stephen King favourites and that's like a big thick yeah, weapon of a motherfucker that's like, like it and The Stand yeah it's hardcore and The Stand obviously was one of my childhood favourites yeah and that's my favourite the, favorite, the TV movie adaptation as well as just like mwah, love that shit Randall Flagg man yeah was the TV ad- adaptation good yeah it's like four 90 minute movies yeah, I remember, together. like, I remember enjoying it when I was younger, but I'd say it's one of those ones where you're like, nah, never, never go back. It's late 80s cheese, yeah. but it has all the elements of the book and all the characters are there. And, you know, we'll definitely do an episode on, yeah. on uh, The Stand. Like, it's me and Neil Rochford, I tell you, my little brother. Uh, big love, big love for that book, man. Nice. Um, so with, with, with Misery, then, uh, the story of Paul Sheldon, he writes that uh, Misery Chastain is the name of the character in his... Uh, yeah. Uh, self-titled novel so it's like misery's desire and you know uh yeah. misery's chance misery's company misery's just, company yeah. and then like the one the, the the final one the final book is called misery's child and in misery's child she dies during childbirth yeah and annie wilkes is the number one fan and paul sheldon is driving he usually goes up to the cabin right yeah yeah to to it's his writing retreat it's yeah. where he wrote in it it's where he wrote his first novel so it's like one of these writers' habits. Yeah, yeah, and like a and a superstition. Yeah, like the same thing is the the one cigarette he smokes after he completes each book. And and he he has a glass of Don Perignon. Yeah, or yeah. Don Perignon as Kathy Bates. I, I like that idea of having those kind of rituals. Yeah. yeah, I do that every time I finish an episode. I edit it. I put it up. I eat a chocolate cake and I have a wank and then I go to sleep. Hmm. That's the way That's it goes. A nice yeah. ritual. I mean, it's like. You know, a little reward for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's one of these kind of, I think, a very self-referential or a self-examinatory kind of look into a writer's mind. And yeah. A lot of Stephen King stuff is set in Maine. A lot of it is set in... It's always that, a writer. That northeast, it's a writer. It's, yeah. you know, it's very much uh, write what you know. Yeah. And he has, like, he, he has kind of amalgamated all of his craziest fans into... Annie Wilkes, yeah. like the, the, the woman that Kathy Bates played. And she won an Oscar for this. Well-deserved. Absolutely, yeah. She's crazy. Have, did you ever hear the story about... You, you know about Stephen King's accident he had a few years ago when he's rammed into by the van? No. Did you never hear about that? No, no, no. Oh, he was... Dis- about, like... It's probably 10 years ago yeah. at this point. He was dis- Like, he was out for a walk or a jog or something, and a van plowed into him. Oh, shit. Like... Have you ever seen Kingdom Hospital? The show yes. he wrote. You know the scene where your man's running and he gets ploughed into. That's autobiographical. That, that's why it's yeah yeah. Like he was destroyed, <laughs> and um, 
I think like he was like maybe in a coma for a few days or at least like out because it was such a bad accident. Yeah. But when he woke up, there was a nurse tucking like sheets in and her first thing she said was like, oh my God, you're awake. I, I'm one of your biggest fans. And then she just stopped and she's like, oh, but don't worry. This isn't going to be like misery. Brilliant. <laughs> but is that the worst thing you would want to hear if you're Imagine St- Stephen King and you're waking up in a hospital? Like he probably didn't even know he was in a hospital at that point. Yeah, he, yeah. He just saw a woman tucking him in. I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. And then she brings out like a wooden block at the sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, dude. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. So yeah, I mean, this movie is is definitely Oscar fodder. Like everybody who's involved in it all had uh, Oscar nominations and Kathy Bates won the Oscar for this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like Rob Reiner uh, uh, n- nominated for When Harry Met Sally uh james can nominated richard farnsworth is nominated uh for, for an oscar as well and lauren bacall like so this is this is like real top tier cast for yeah, this yeah. for this movie you know wait did you say reiner got reiner got nominated for when harry met sally yeah 1990 year? yeah so he directed both them both the same year uh 19 well or would they, it was the 1991 oscars Misery was in. Yeah, yeah. So he did Harry Met Sally, I guess, in 89, and it was in the 1990 Oscars. Oh, well, sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I just, just misunderstood what you meant. Sorry. And, uh, like, a real strong cast, like, James Can. It's it's mostly, like, a two-hander between James Can and Kathy Bates. Absolutely, yeah. But Richard Farnsworth plays the sheriff, and I think, like, instrumental to the, to the pace and to the intrigue in the movie, he's, he's the one that drives... He's the fantastic. entire script, like, yeah. Him and his wife, their relationship. Yeah, so and, good. Man. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's a. It feels like a Coen's Brothers movie yeah. when it's them. Francis Sternhagen plays his wife Virginia, and she's such an old saucy old man. Yeah, you know? it's, it's so good. There's one scene where they're driving in the van, and uh, they're out like looking for uh, James Can, like Paul Sheldon's uh, car. car you yeah, know? yeah. So piece by piece, like Farnsworth's character Buster puts the puts the mystery together to go like, okay, well he was up at the thing and he checked out Tuesday night, and he's like straight away like. Virginia, what night was that blizzard? It's like, oh, I think it was Tuesday, Buster. Like, it was this kind of, hmm, old school the gumshoe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're driving out, and she puts she puts her hand on his knee. And he's like, stop it, Virginia. When we're in the car, you're my deputy. And she's like, well, I'd love to get my sheriff back home in bed. Like, she's just yeah, like yeah. saucy old mayor, you know. Um, That's great. But like a cool kind of like sassy, sarcastic kind of oh buster yeah, kind yeah. of relationship and very i think uh akin to the other characters that stephen king writes like in needful things i think that was one of the best interlocking like character intricacies that he'd ever done because it was the whole the whole point of it was there was a shop in town and everyone yeah. was connected and everyone yeah, was yeah. doing stuff to everybody else you know to get what they want from the devil and <laughs> recreated in an episode of rick and morty which is Brilliant absolutely episode. amazing yeah, yeah. but like um the way he writes his characters there are these quintessentialities to the characters that he writes that are obviously based on people he knows from around oh, like yeah. Castle Rock. I think Maine, that's why you know? everybody, everything's set in Maine because mm. he's writing people he, he knew. He knew. And like the guys who drive the car into the pub and all this kind of stuff. So these, this like couple who are, you know, law enforcement are de- like definitely have to be taken from life that he's known oh, yeah. like this <laughs> sassy, sassy, sarcastic woman and then the old, you know, mustachioed like he looks like kind of like an old cowboy who settled down you know or something yeah yeah and I think I think he's appeared in other King books I think the same character Buster yeah yeah yeah. I can't remember which ones though yeah he, he's the or, he's the sheriff in 
Oh, the dead zone is the... The dead zone. Sorry. He's Danforth That's, Keaton. Danforth yeah. Buster Keaton. He's also in Needful Things. Um, He's the he's the sheriff there yeah, as well. Yeah, like, yeah. And he's much, much younger in that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So my misery happens in the timeline after Needful Things. It's a weird... Like, it is a kind of a king universe. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. Like, I mean, even in, in the book, the, like, Annie refers to the fire at the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Um, oh yeah and there's also another another sheriff like in storm of the century which is buster carver so obviously buster is a right. character name that he prefers you know but yeah i mean like one of the <laughs> one of the integral supporting characters like if you're t- if you're talking about like a best supporting cast that, yeah. that character buster yeah and it's not a huge supporting cast either no. like but five scenes max yeah. say. but just it drives that intrigue and it drives that um urgency so memorable when they're looking for Paul Sheldon. So basically, that Paul Sheldon crashes his car. Kathy Bates pulls him out, brings him home, puts him in the bed, straps him up, gives him loads of pills, and she's a nurse, so she helps him. Yeah, just yeah. to nurse him back to health. So uh, tell us then about the book that he writes. So Misery's Child is his most recent book. Yeah, well, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Like it doesn't. Mm. The, the actual the original his manuscript he was happy with and completed. The never in, in neither king's novel or the film to really tell you much about that yeah it's not until he's forced to rewrite the the one that annie wants that you actually get any sense of what the books are so what what um, happens then like misery's child is the last in the series of these misery books yeah. that he's like reluctantly famous for yeah and he's yeah. like i don't want to be i want to write something else and he yeah he I, wonder goes what, up, I wonder where king got that idea mm, of a writer that's yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently king. misery was supposed to be a backman book he was writing on Richard Backman's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And these, there's like a whole set of books before. And The Dark Tower, which is about to come out now, starring Idris Elba, is like a Stephen King joint. And he wrote them as as Richard Backman. And he was going to no, sign... No, he, he didn't write The Dark Tower as Backman. No, but like uh, there's like a set of Backman books that come out. The Dark Tower is Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. But it's like from the characters that were created in that era when he was Richard Backman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like And... This was supposed to be a Backman book, and they found out that it was him. Before his his he, cover was blown, yeah, and he yeah. released it as Stephen King, and it blew up. And yeah, it got yeah. turned into a movie, and it was all, you know. Um, so already he was destined for yeah. immortality, I guess. Yeah, like, with ba- he, he, for people that don't know about it, like, he created Richard Bachman because he was, he, he thought, he had, like, maybe five best-selling books at that point. Yeah. And he was wondering, was he actually was still it just writing good yeah, books? Or were they just, bought, yeah. And so he created the, the alter ego. But then he ended up writing very different style of books because he was like, yeah. nobody knows, he's like, he was like, I can say whatever I want in these books because who's going to get in trouble? This yeah. person writing them doesn't exist. Like, they don't and know it's weird. It, if you, when you read like a the running man, you would never, like it just reads like a different writer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like it's, it's so much closer to like, it's a dystopian sci-fi. It's, mm. it's closer to 1984 than it is. But I think Stephen it's King also novel. Stephen King stretching his muscles and going, I don't have to set this book in your know, Castle Rock, Maine now. Yeah, yeah. I can have it in the future. I can have it in the past. It can be like people getting killed, all these yeah, different yeah. types of characters. And it's not like the down home, you know, uh, uh, New England old fair that yeah. he's used to it's almost like where Stephen King novels were heart, were very much horror novels his Bachman stuff were, were, was kind of like terror yeah in a way much darker yeah have you ever read The Long Walk no that's fucking great like yeah. I have to go back over me Richard Bachman you know yeah it's really good mm. um, it's a dystopia it's like the Hunger Games where teenagers have to take part in this long walk oh brilliant <laughs> like, it's really weird but it's very good I think that I think that like um, 
his fame and stuff like that was starting to get to him when he started to make uh, Richard Bachman and not unlike Garth Brooks when he made his own alter ego. <laughs> Remember that? He, he was he, a goth, wasn't he? Huh? He was a goth, yeah. He didn't want to write country music anymore, so he was all like into like new metal and stuff. It was very weird. Um, but he, he, he wanted What was be- his name? When oh, he- fuck, I don't know. Remember, it was something awful. like Zack something. Yeah, like yeah. it was a real... Some, something like cringe, cringe-tastic. Oh. But um, Stephen King, like, he had he, he already had some problems with drugs. Yeah. Namely, yeah. probably cocaine would be a big one that he was... Yeah, like, yeah, he had a few... Like, he was yeah. an alcoholic at, but before well, yeah. all of it. Um, and this this book kind of sounds like... And because he had that whole Bachman, uh, uh, I don't know, existential crisis of like, you know, am I only... It, it like misery is really pr- probably like the birth of a big part of his ongoing then self esteem going forward after this book. Yeah, yeah. Because like at that point he was having an existential crisis. He's got are people buying my books just because they have King on the front of them and they know what's going to be like quintessential horror, like typical horror books, and they know what to expect. And it's just the same old rump. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And he tried to throw a spanner in the works, and he wrote this with it being released as a Backman book in mind, so it doesn't have that exacting uh, Stephen King style yeah yeah but it still has all of the hallmarks and I guess like some of the places were changed after he was outed as being Stephen yeah, King yeah so he, he yeah because obviously if he was writing under Bachman he wouldn't have included exactly. Buster yeah. in the original draft so um, it, it ended up being kind of like autobiographical like Paul Sheldon is Stephen King who is like a writer who's plagued by a character or a set of books that he has been uh, typic- typified as yeah. to, to writing and he's the, the open, one of the opening scenes is him talking to his agent going I don't want to write this shit no more I want to try something else and then the next scene he's up in the cabin and he's you know finishing the thing having his smoke having his Don Perignon and he finishes this book called Untitled and it's like masterpiece like this is my next big thing and then he's driving to try and get it back and I'm going dude like why are you driving in the snow just hang on for a day like just <laughs> it's a fucking blizzard car tips over Kathy Bates comes out takes him out and ties him to the bed and destroys his book and makes him write another one yeah after she reads like Destiny's De- uh, De- and you said Destiny's Child tell me what you think about Misery's me Child yeah. or Untitled which I, yeah, yeah I I, to, I'm going on Beyonce yeah. uh, uh, Misery's Child was his last released book where Misery died in childbirth and Kathy Bates character Annie Wilkes wasn't happy with that she's like rewrite it and she burnt his book and tied him to the bed and he had broken legs and he couldn't go no place and this in later interviews Stephen King said was his like an embodiment of his drug addiction yeah yeah that like the 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 ease the ease of uh you know slipping back into these old ways and just writing the same old shit and kind of retconning your old book like she died in the end and then yeah. in, in the next part of the book like she's you know in the in the coffin going like I got to get out of here <laughs> yeah, and all yeah, yeah. and it's just so like we need another sequel so when you see it kind of laid out in a human way like that like Stephen King is going Kathy Bates is is my drug addiction addiction. just go and make it easy on yourself dude just get it and 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 yeah let's not try anything too hard like and most of King's books especially from that period are about addiction like The Shining yeah it's completely just about addiction because a lot of people only really associate the or have seen the movie like but the book is more about a man trying to save his family yeah and he does everything he can for it for them and then something and then it drives him crazy yeah. well the, well the, it's more like an outside force the force yeah yeah whereas in the film 
Jack Nicholson's already crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it is because it's a film that is because it's visually stunning and Kubrick's a master. Mm. Probably the worst cast than ever because, like, first scene, you're like, oh, Jack Nicholson's in it. This guy's <laughs> going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, He's already crazy. Yeah. Well, apparently, Jack Nicholson was supposed to be in, in this movie, in Misery. And he, really? had to, he had to turn down the part because he didn't want to go through another Stephen King adaptation. That's, yeah. And he didn't want to relive what he had just relived with Kubrick in a fucking, you know, some weird hotel up in <laughs> yeah. Colorado in the mountains for two months where he's making uh, Shelley Duval cry, like having nervous breakdowns on a daily basis. Yeah. And Jack Nichols had to watch that shit. He's like, no, I'm not doing that shit again, man. You can just keep your, St- <laughs> keep your Stephen King yeah. adaptation. And he turned it down and James Caan like jumped at the chance. After it was offered to 10 other motherfuckers as well. <laughs> right. like. I can actually see Jack Nicholson in that role Oh, absolutely. Well. Um, like, better than I can see... Like, he'd suit that better than... You're coming the- in here and you're gonna <laughs> break my legs. Like, that's not... He's not... I think James... Like, no one could have done it now. That, like, no, now yeah, that of course. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Though, have you seen a, It's Now a Play? Yes, and Bruce Willis. Yeah, and it's meant, playing, it's it's meant to be awful. Yeah, it is awful. It was, but that's only from 2015. He, he never, he can't learn lines, like, no. so he wears an earpiece. Oh my for God, it. Bruce Willis. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? But great, like, I would love to see a play of Misery. I, I with, saw a version of this done in Wexford in the Art Centre. Oh, really? In, like, 2005. And it's, it could all be done in one room. And you can have, like, yeah, the helicopter yeah. sounds and the guy comes in and all. It's all, like, a one-room play, like, yeah, done yeah. really, really well. Nice. Um, so it could be done. Uh, but it's so weird when I was reading through who was offered this part. So Go usually on. on White Press, they'll be doing alternative cast. Yeah. Uh, so for this, like, James Caan, class. Really, really good. But, like you said, Jack Nicholson was offered. Also who was offered, Kevin Klein. Michael Douglas, Harrison Ford, Dustin Hoffman, Robert De Niro, Richard Dreyfuss, Gene Hackman, Robert Redford, and Warren Beatty all declined this role. And finally, it landed on James Caan's desk and he went, yeah, I'll have it. He's fucking lucky they declined. And also, who was considered before, like all those guys were offered, but they also considered Ed Harris, like young Ed Harris, uh, Jeff Daniels. Okay. This is uh, pre-Dumb and Dumber thing. Actually, I can really see Jeff Daniels. That's a... That would actually be really good. But young Jeff Daniels, yeah, like, pre- yeah. arachnopho- like arachnophobia age Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ed O'Neill, famous for Al Bundy in Married with Children. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine him being tied to the bed and he's like, you got any more soup? Like, you call you call this coffee? Given, given Kathy that. Bates abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But James Caan's like p- pathetic performance. He, he, he's, he's so pathetic in it. And... The his, only his reactions to pain and stuff like that are really really good yeah 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 and the, the only actor like if, we, if we're doing the are we doing the segment alternative oh, we can casting do it, yeah. like i would actually see uh brian cranston that'd be the only oh, person Jesus. i could see being equally as good in that role that would be really because he can do that pathetic like he done that as walter white before yeah. he becomes uh heisenberg like and he's just a fantastic actor and can do mm. anything I'd love to see uh, like Seth Green do it, <laughs> but just because I want to see Kathy Bates break his ankles with a sledgehammer. Who, if the word to because let's this is getting a remake in a few years. All for shizzle. Like if they were to remake it in the future, not that we from, condone that. Yeah, from, but it's going to get remade. I think James McAvoy would probably get a good turn out because he's done Split. He's also done that's a good uh, Filth. He's done a lot of these like. Uh, very deep 
psychologically disturbed yeah. characters and I think he can have that kind of to and fro kind of psych- psychological very, thing he'd actually be really good the thing with James McAvoy is he even though like I, he, what age is he he's probably 35 early, early, early 40s maybe oh, late, late 30s yeah yeah but he still has such a young I, I wouldn't be able to believe that he's wrote a series of books even yeah. though he's an actor who's made he's got like a, he's been acting for like 20 years you can believe <laughs> when you watch Filth Man you can believe he's done all that shit yeah like he's, he's but I can believe that I yeah. just he just like he's kind of too he's too good looking to be a writer first of all right. I think maybe. maybe what about like now that he's gone all skinny John Goodman could, could play what James Cairns role yeah he's a, probably a bit too old now though like he wasn't he? even have you seen uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane yeah I didn't like it I didn't like it but this it's kind of a similar movie in that whole one room but he yeah. he essentially he's almost like he's playing John Goodman's kind of playing a version of Cathy Bates of Cathy Bates yeah, character yeah. in that and which is funny that you the, mentioned the highs, the highs and lows yeah, yeah. I think um, so, like somebody who could play the James Caan character from like contemporary actors James McAvoy I would love to see Ewan McGregor do it be good yeah yeah um, or somebody of that like body type I'm trying to think of like a James Caanian type yeah yeah uh, character you know? I think I, I like your uh, James McAvoy I think that's yeah. a very, very good cast it would be really good uh, who would you have uh, as Cathy Bates because the original uh, uh, the original role was offered to Jessica Lang yeah who yeah. we saw in American Horror Story yeah. she, over the last she while pro, like, she's such a good actress she's like she, crazy. she could have done that Looking she at is watch. crazy yeah like in American Horror Story like that's such a wide range of different characters she's she played like, amazing that evil nun in season 2 in the mental yeah, hospital yeah. and you know what I detest that series but Do you I've, don't like it no I hate it but I've watched four of them because she's that fucking good watched all four seasons well, all, the, all she was in. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't, no, I didn't watch, watch season the, five in the hotel. I think I uh, tuned out. Yeah, well, I don't think she's in that. Kathy Bates is in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but Jessica Lange is not. Um, well, it, like absolutely stellar, like performance. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was also offered to Angelica Houston, who won the Oscar that year. She was doing another movie, and got the Oscar for it. And it was offered to Bette Midler. And some say, um, kind of see that, yeah. Uh, some say, yeah, because Bette Midler, like bit crazy yeah she yeah, did she crazy. did the uh the witches movie what was that called which hocus is pocus oh yeah yeah hocus pocus. <laughs> uh instead that year and uh it was also offered to barbara streisand who i think at the time didn't probably have the chops to do crazy no but could now <laughs> could absolutely do that now yeah, yeah. so who would you have then in a Old, olden day adaptation and a modern day one. Oh, so if I was to if I was in the eighties, I was adapting it in the eighties. Yeah, if you were if you were having to cast it instead of Kathy Bates, who would you have? Um, I mean, I, I like I, I really wouldn't know because going back to that time, I'm not sure yeah. there is anybody else you can really pick out. Like it'd be easier to, and it's so hard to like to recast Kathy Bates and that. Okay, so if you were to if you were to do like the modern day adaptation of of misery oh, who would you have then because like you can't recast Kathy Bates like it's that's her that's her seminal performance yeah. that's like her Oscar that's you know that made her career a bit you know yeah yeah if you had a modern day version who do you think mm. you'd have so this is my version it's got the uh, we have James McAvoy in the bed yeah 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 or possibly Walter White or possibly Brian Cranston yeah <laughs> yeah why did I just call him by his character's <laughs> name so it's such a dick thing to do yeah. it's not like he's ever gonna hear it um Okay, that it's so tough because uh, like modern actors is just 
don't have them Kathy Bates yeah. chaps, man. Okay, if we're going James McAvoy, because he's still... Would you go a bit young? Well, I mean, Kathy Bates is pretty young, and you see, she I was, I'm, I'm, in her early 30s. Yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking... Fresh-faced. I would probably... You see, I would try, like... I hope the remake does a remake doesn't do this, but I would try kind of go another direction because it's a movie. Like mm. if you're do, if you're redoing it, it's a story that's been told in a book. People have already somebody's already made a very good adaptation. Now you'd kind of allowed you're kind of allowed to go in and another direction. Yeah. yeah, so I'd probably like make like have the lead actually be more attractive like an att- an attractive person you wouldn't ex- suspect right. to be this like Zoe Deschanel or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you maybe wouldn't ha- you wouldn't have like not yeah, but I wouldn't get so yes now. I don't think she'd be good. But Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway would Actually, do just crazy get well. Anne Hathaway and just make like she would ugly herself up for it. Yeah, do a, a, a Charlize Theron. Char- I was just gonna say Charlize Theron would be great at crazy. Yeah, or Emily Blunt. Yeah, they're all people that are pretty great. Anyway. Like she was great in Sicario, and she's a crazy bitch. Yeah, in it. yeah. Uh, I think I think yeah. Big time. And who would you have then for the, for Buster, the show? Oh, shit. That's actually even harder to yeah, recast. Isn't it? Um, Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> now they just say it. You could just, yeah. Or Tony Danza. <laughs> well, like, have you watched Fargo, the series? No. Uh, in I, season- I, I, I watched, the, I, I love the movie. I, 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 like, I watched the first episode of the series. I was like, no. It's the same from the Dust Till Dawn uh, series no, or yeah, any of these movies like, interested mo- you just stretch them all out you know oh but it's not it's it's Fargo's n- different I know yeah. but it's just I don't it's fantastic is though. it good yeah it's fantastic it's one of the best TV shows I must watch there. it for this show if you've watched American Horror you can watch Fargo okay <laughs> okay um, but Ted in season 2 Ted Danson plays a sheriff and he's and that's kind of what uh, there's a lot of scenes of him driving around in the snow so right. that image just stayed with me yeah because we're coming back into a 90s revival now these days where um, there's a lot of stuff being rehashed and redone and a lot of reboots yeah. and a lot of and then also like the stuff like Stranger Things which is big on Netflix like it's like that 80, late 80s early 90s yeah and of. that's essentially the uh, Stranger Things is almost like what would have happened if Stephen King wrote a series for Steven Spielberg to direct yeah. in the 80s and that's what like even the Stranger Things font is yeah. the Stephen King font from his books um, and now you have like fucking It's coming out the remake yeah. of It Dark that's Car- the thing it's it's a new it's a new dawn for those kind of yeah, remakes yeah. and stuff and Misery was like one of the like a fucking it's Oscar winner like it's, it's yeah, yeah so I think that those ones are all going to start coming back now with the special effects and with the stuff that uh they couldn't do then exactly so i mean like you're talking about like visceral destruction of you know uh, james can's feet like with sledgehammers yeah. and the car crash and the different t- like the fight yeah. at, the fight at the end was just like james can said in interviews like kathy bass was so fragile then and she wasn't the fucking hard ass that she's known to be now yeah and yeah. she was roaring crying for hours before and after all those scenes because it was just so emotionally yeah yeah uh, triggering for a draining as well like wow. and um like I wouldn't know like would special effects and would CGI and stuff make a huge difference to that I know when I watched it the other day when we were getting ready for the show like the blood and the the kind of the the special effects like the fight stuff and, and you know when you get a couple of knocks and she gets a gets a rap at a typewriter and all it, yeah, it seems got, kind of janky like it's a very close up yeah. of just the, the contact and then yeah it's not it's not as amazing as even some tv shows are now you watch that stuff you're like fucking hell yeah, it's yeah. unreal 
Yeah, well, there's like there's differences in the book uh, and the film that were probably changed for practicality. Like, so in the book, she cuts off his feet. Yeah, and in the play that I watched in Wexford, she cuts off his feet. Oh, okay. So it kind of stayed to that. Um, but it wouldn't. I mean, it obviously wouldn't make for the finale of the. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I think like I think that was done for practical purposes because they would then have to like pay for CG, all the prosthesis. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to do a Forrest Gump exactly. on it and remove his feet for the rest of the film. Yeah, but it's a great mistake or a great thing that they had to do it because visually, which is worse, watching someone getting their foot cut off or that fucking seeing seeing the hammer smash against the ankle and it bet like it's so much i'd rather that in real life i would rather that happen to me than my feet be amputated yeah but to watch it the the visual the one they done in the film is so we see, we more, see feet being cut off every day man fuck it like we're you know we've all been in a butcher's you might yeah. we know the shit happens like yeah. uh, i think <laughs> I, I think though that the cgi or, or the special effects that you could have like the stuff you see in like walking dead and and game of thrones and stuff like that like it's it's tv but it's you know movie budget yeah. tv and if they were to recreate misery they would do the foot chopping off stuff i'd say they probably would even just to uh, as a reason to remake it to be yeah. like we, we have to do let's some go stuff all out different. for this stuff yeah I'd still hope, like, I hope they would never remake it because it'd be pointless and it probably won't be very good. It depends uh, on the actors. I mean, if but, you, you know, but, there's, a, there's a whole group of people and this is what the show is all about. It's bringing those movies that people haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. And because they're like, oh, that's fucking... You're like, a, lot of, a lot of kids, like, if they're 21 and you're listening to this show and you're going, movie from 1990, like, you, it, you know... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fucking eight years before you were born. Like, I know yeah. when I was, I was born in, like, 1983... And I wasn't watching any movies from the early 70s until I was in my late, mid to late 20s. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't bothered. I was like, fuck that shit. Yeah. Like, there's loads of stuff being made. And now we're in the age of peak TV. We're in the age of, like, movie remakes and all this kind of stuff. Like, there's people out there that have seen the new Robocop that haven't seen the old Robocop. Yeah. Like, that's criminal. Yeah. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And if you're looking at something like Misery and it gets remade, like, people aren't ever going to look at the new it and then go back and look at the old it and enjoy it as much. Like Pennywise, played no. by Tim Curry, is like a ch- like a childhood trauma that I would never ask to return. Yeah, like I'm yeah. like I fucking love being scared by Tim Curry and his weird, creepy smile and turn into a spider. Yeah. And you know that's a that's a memory that'll live with me forever. Yeah, yeah. And you're watching this new version of it, and for a lot of people, that's going to be their first, you know, dalliance with a Stephen King adaptation because he hasn't been. There hasn't been books made like the dark tower is about to come out like yeah. that's going to be and it's the first time it's ever been made cool yeah. but looks awful though yeah no but, <laughs> but uh, if they're if they're going to be remaking misery that's the first time they're going to get a chance to, to yeah. dance with with but i was because like i think misery is a perfect fellow yeah um whatever about like for the time but it could be seen. done way better with a higher budget and i don't think so. I the don't special th- effect no i'm saying looking at it from a producer's oh, point yeah, of view yeah. you go like we could do it again and get as good at oh i'm not so. saying there what like i yeah 100 percent think when four years there's going to be a remake absolutely i'm just saying i hope there is Chalk it down, I, that's a that's a four a, years a that's johnny guarantee either or no actually you know what it won't be remade as a film it'll end up being a TV show or no something. it couldn't it's not a long enough story I met, no maybe not it specifically but I think they'll do a four part thing or something yeah well there's talk they'll do like a, a series it's like Castle Rock as a TV series oh shit and just be an anthology thing and, and I reckon, redo Stand By Me and redo Needful yeah, Things yeah, and, yeah so I think that's what they're gonna do and Misery will just Castle be Rock it, that is a project yeah well yeah there, there's something coming out called Castle Rock but haven't really revealed what and it's J.J. Abrams and Stephen King present. Well, look, so. this is the thing. 
I, I, I remember reading that now, now that you say it, and I was going to say earlier on, we were talking about like uh, the, the, the redux of that whole 90s thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Super 8 was J.J. Abrams' audition oh, yeah, to yeah. Steven Spielberg and to Stephen <laughs> yeah, King yeah. to go, look at, I want to fucking recreate my childhood and I want to use today's technology to make those kind of things. And now the cunt gets to do Star Wars and Star Trek and he gets to make yeah. all of the Stephen King universe come to life. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it will be done. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah. back in some form. Absolutely. Um, I do think that uh, Kathy Bates is irreplaceable, but if you were, yeah, to, yeah. If you were to remake it, I mean, I don't think that they're going to hold back off all of the crazy special effects they get. Like, no. the crash is going to be amazing. His legs are going to be disgusting. They're going to do the whole chop chop yeah, off the yeah. legs thing. Yeah, they'll up the ante because yeah. that's the only reason. If you're going to remake it, you have to do something different. So, yeah. yeah. And the angles and stuff like that, you can, you can think about how, you know, film cameras were able to move. And in a house like that, they're using an actual house. So the practicalities of getting jibs in and having all these like dolly shots yeah, of yeah. James Caan on the wheelchair coming in and out of the sitting room and knocking over the porcelain doll and trying to get into the cabinet and all of that stuff that when you watch is very simple. Like it's all chest, chest high kind of shots. It's all like medium one shots. There's yeah, no, yeah. there's no great amount of, you know, cinematic uh, uh, amazing technology or anything like that no, but no. now you have all these gimbals and fucking all this stuff that you can really turn that into like a, a, a massively intense experience of him Absolutely, going yeah. from the bedroom unlocking the door with a, a hairpin going into the sitting room and reading the memory book and finding all the bits of paper where it tells that Kathy Bates character yeah, actually yeah. killed a load of babies and, and this kind of stuff you know where yeah, he finally yeah. realises this bitch Cray I got to get out of here, you know? And he and he builds up the whole thing of, I'm going to poison her, and he puts the... Like, that's a really good scene. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. probably my favourite scene in the film. Okay, well, yeah, on White Press Play, we have to do these, like, uh, what's your favourite scene? And my favourite scene in, in Misery is when... It's a kind of a build-up over the whole, like, a subplot in that Stephen King story where he's keeping all the pills. Uh, he, she's giving him these pain pills, and he's keeping them all in a hole in the mattress. And he takes them all out and one by one he starts like smelling them and tasting them to see if they'll have any aftertaste and he puts them in a little paper sachet and then he goes starts licking Annie's arse and going oh I'd love to have dinner with you know yeah and she's like to oh celebrate really finishing. to celebrate finishing the book and stuff and he works really hard to get the book done to have the dinner to do all this and at, at a point before this in time Annie is closing the door and she turns around and goes like you, you you done some cock stuff. You want to be careful because if I die, you die. you die. You know, don't be trying that shit. And he he gets all the powder and he pours the glass of wine and then asks her to go do something. I can't remember. It was like, can I have some sauce or something like yeah, that? She gets yeah. up from the table. He puts all the stuff. He puts all the... Or gets get a candle and make yeah. it romantic. That's, That's what he asks yeah, her to do, yeah, right? Yeah. And then she comes back with the candle and he's after putting all the stuff in her wine and she puts the candle on. She knocks the glass over and there's like about this, I think it's like a six second shot of James Caan just going like, it's what the fucking fuck? Like for weeks yeah. he's planning this. Oh, you just see like that look in yeah. his eye where, oh, like, it's heartbreaking. It, it, it's gut wrenching. Yeah. You're like, fuck man. And at the same time, you wonder what happens if he succeeded? She'd die. How would he get out? Like it's not, what would be the crack there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, you, you'd think like, even if I just crawl 
for a while outside somehow yeah like anything's better than that but yeah that's oh it's such a heartbreaking scene that's because you're just watching somebody who's all hope yeah. has just gone by just something completely accidental like normal no, yeah and uh, i was watching it with claire and claire said uh yeah it's always the psychopaths to get the best look <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah. not get caught, like yeah, and that's how many kinda, you know how many times you get away with it. True, when you hear about like serial killers who got a parking ticket at the scene <laughs> of the crime but never got caught, like this is it. Uh, I I also like the scene where he's looking through a thing called Memory Lane, which is a red leather bound book that that's, that Annie Wilkes keeps. That's my and, favorite scene. Oh my god! Tell us about it then. Well, it's just it's it's the discovery of her her ledger, her yeah. trophies, essentially, her, 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 her murderous yeah, past yeah. and. But it's just, it's the name. It's you see Memory Lane. Yeah. And then he opens it and you see like the newspaper article. The, mu- the music when it shows Memory Lane. It's yeah, like, it's, oh shit. It's really disturbing. Yeah. He, he goes through this a set of newspaper clippings that basically detail Annie Wilkes' descent into madness. But yeah. it starts off, the first clipping is like her father, yeah. who is a pharmacist, dies by falling down the stairs while Annie was aged just 11. Yeah. And yeah. I paused it to read the thing, and it's one paragraph that's just copy-pasted like eight times. <laughs> they always do that in yeah, movies. It's very funny. Yeah. And it's kind of implied, I believe. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read the book in a very long time. I can't remember if it's implied in the book, but like that Annie pushed her dad down the stairs and murdered him. So she was murderous yeah, I, from that young age. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's implied in the book too. Yeah, I think just it's, implied. I, it's not. Well, he never... Jeez... I think it is only yeah. implied. There's more confirmed, like the stuff she done in the hospital is all confirmed yeah, in the she, book. Yeah, completely. she killed a bunch of babies. Yeah, and she talks. She, her husband got killed as yeah. well. And there was another, uh, when she was in school, a girl she died with was in one of the paper clippings. Yeah. And then when she was in college, her roommate in college died by falling down the stairs. When, yeah, when yeah. Annie was just 20. So in nursing college. And then a bunch of babies started dying. And then she got arrested. And she was brought to court. And she was obviously convicted yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for the deaths of these babies. And apparently, Stephen King based Annie Wilkes' character on a real story of a, of a woman called Janine Jones, who was a nurse who killed 50 babies yeah, yeah. in the United States. And it was just like that part of the character to bring into this. So that's why she's living out in the middle of no place uh, on a mountainside after she's been released from jail or whatever. And, I mean, you can see the crazy comes out in her often yeah, and yeah. for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And that's not a crazy bitch in like two seconds. The, just to go back to why I think it's con- how I think it's confirmed in the book that she killed the father is because she's got loads of money yeah. in the book. Like, they, they, I can't remember, do they mention her other house in the film at all? No. Okay, yeah, she's got another house up the mountains that she right. goes, you know, when she... Com- she leaves him alone for ages and... Yeah, yeah, like when she gets she gets depressed when it rains, so she goes to her happy home or something, I she be- calls. I better go to that other place where, where, the, where I don't keep the bullets. Yeah, that's, that's kind of it, in. yeah. But that's that's alluded to in the film as when well. When she comes in, and that's, that's a, actually, that's I think that might be my favourite scene, because she's fucking great yeah man like when she comes in and she's it's raining outside like she's just yeah. a different character she's just like a a, a different a, actress yeah yeah the, her, oh, the light has gone out of her eyes I watch this again I only watched it the other day like. this is it man you would watch it again and it's only 93 minutes is yeah. all it is. best, best films are that land man they don't they make don't films make like that, that no more no. <laughs> that's <laughs> it like the remake will be two and a half hours like yeah 
Well, the, then the, the the James Khan character, like we've talked a lot about Kathy Bates, like the James Khan character is amazing, um, but very subtly played, and yeah. his like his like oh shit I'm fucked smile, is is like if you're not into it, if you're not like willing to go yeah okay I'm into James Khan, it probably looks a bit shit because he's just like uh huh okay like yeah, shit yeah. eating grin or whatever yeah he's got a speci- he's got his specific style yeah that, yeah absolutely but uh warren Beatty, like the reason he declined to play the part of paul sheldon was because he read the script and he thought that uh the character was a loser uh, like he was just like he didn't want to be associated with that losery type of uh, uh oh, character okay. uh especially after the hobbling scene where he's just like a pathetic like right pain ridden compliant warren Beatty like, wasn't a fan of just acting like. well i mean Sorry and sorry and sorry and he wasn't into that. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, you just pretend, Warren. Uh, he's like, no, 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 has to be me. Like Dick Tracy is a total, total portrayal of me. Yeah, that's like the actors who don't want to be killed on film or, or pro wrestlers <laughs> yeah. that don't that won't lose a fight. It's like yeah. it's not real. Why I know, do you but care? The, the, the regard for their their legacy or something maybe yeah but but so it's a regard for them not, yeah, not their work not their body of work no. or their performances just for them and it's like you but nobody cares about that because I'm, I'm glad warren b didn't get it oh yeah yeah but i just it's so weird <laughs> Do you like, remember when he ran for president or try it was he was announced he was going to run for president did he uh, uh, yeah apparently so uh, in the mid 90s wow i probably because he went like oh well if reagan can do it yeah isn't that weird wow. um james can also like uh, after taking the part uh I find, like I read today that he turned down Jack Nicholson turned down James Caan's part in this movie right. and James Caan turned down uh, Nicholson's part in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest he was offered that first and turned it down I could never see that that's and, yeah and that's both insane. movies had a nurse in it that won an Oscar ah, that's cool isn't it yeah that's, that's quite cool so it's a it's like it's a weird character he's very um like he's very quiet he's not verbose at all for a writer he doesn't talk much only when spoken to and he isn't as conniving as he could be to get out of his situation yeah i think he's a lot i think he's very complicit in he comes across very nice like straight away obviously he's glad and he saved him in the beginning as you will be yeah but he clearly knows like oh this is a this is a weird girl he's not like oh this is a psychopath he's like but it's a strange girl that lives by herself um but and he's really nice to her like he, he doesn't he, he well he offers her for her to read the manuscript like she yeah. doesn't ask like yeah. he like which you know most people wouldn't do that like he's just a very nice you do yeah, somebody I mean, save like your life yeah he's uh, he's tied to a bed and he can't walk around and yeah, she, yeah. but she comes in straight away with the lies and goes like the phones are down yeah, yeah. I can't get out like all this kind of stuff and as soon as he finds that out then he's like oh shit okay I have to appease her yeah, and that's yeah. when he offers for her to read the manuscript not straight away going thanks for saving me here you go oh yeah 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 and it's very odd like that then she goes into town and she buys The Misery's Child the last book and that's when you see her first flame of rage is she comes in and goes, how dare you? You killed him. And then later on, she has another flame of rage when she has a bowl of soup. And yeah. she's like, ah, like it's very um, surprising. Like her her bouts of rage are are unexpected. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, but when the, they come, you know, like, oh, like, yeah. So she she's really into this thing. You know? Again, I'm going to say every scene is my favorite scene. Yeah. But uh, like when she tells the story about watching the serials. Oh, yeah. 
and like how like she stood how she stood up and uh shouted at the projectionist that that's now happened last week yeah and stuff it's fuck that's such a great performance but it's also a really good note for a writer because he kind of tried to write his way out of it and go like oh yeah she was a, it was a dream the whole time yeah, and she's yeah. like no it fucking wasn't but yeah that that scene where she's like and he was trapped in the car and he was rolling down the hill and then suddenly he was just out of the car yeah and, yeah. yeah and he wouldn't have liked the descent part too oh fuck that no or, or they just she wouldn't have, she wouldn't have liked a lot of movies nowadays <laughs> yeah, yeah. she'd be tying a lot of cons to beds and breaking her ankles um but yeah it's it's just it's such a fucking like I have to watch movie if you haven't watched this watch it before they, they remake it yeah um i would imagine what'll happen because the the it remake i imagine will be far better than the original because the original yeah. is actually a really crappy movie tim yeah, curry a lot of them just, were they just needed to crank it out because it was a stephen king yeah, story yeah. and they knew like the tommy knockers is a fucking like made for TV movie starring the lads from NYPD Blue. Yeah, yeah. You know, Pet Cemetery is the same. Uh, the Stand, like those four yeah, movies yeah. are all, like if they were made today, it'd be fucking unreal. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck is meant to be redoing The Stand. Yeah, it'd be amazing. But but I'd say it will do really well yeah. and then it'll a lot of people will be searching for Stephen King films on Netflix. Yeah. And He's just a good story writer. This is the thing. Like, he is. Um, it's the the finale for me and the way that uh buster tries to find what's happening and he finds a bit by bit and you're like oh, you know um that finale is very downplayed it could be like a lot more and it could be a lot more violent and it could be yeah you know, actually and there's another difference like it's much more yeah. violent in the book and they would yeah. do that so what happens in the book then tell us uh she there's more there's more cops are killed yeah I think I think she kills like three yeah. or four people. She runs over Buster's character with a lawnmower. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's pretty. That it doesn't really get more violent than that. In the film, she just shoots him with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah specific. I mean, the specifics aren't really too too important, but just like you were saying, yeah, it's much more violent and. But it seems would, to be a, a production decision that the filmmakers made to go, okay, we can't make it exactly like the book yeah. because it costs too much. Yeah, and I think for story, I think it's on the, like, you know, you've got two hours tops with a movie, really. Yeah. Book, the book's three or 400 pages. Uh, it just makes for a more precise story to just, you know, instead of four cops, you have one and his wife being a deputy and you make them somewhat comedic. Yeah. And you just have them get shot. Like, uh, that's a simpler story. And like films kind of tend to have to do that. Yeah, it's kind of like let's fit it in. Yeah, if we can, yeah. you know. Uh, have you got any other absolute standout favorite scene? Uh, well, I think we just mentioned every scene in the film as standout and yeah. our favorites. Like, what, <laughs> like I think we've talked, we've, we've mentioned pretty much everything. I like the one where she's getting on to him about uh, burning his book. She finishes. She finishes reading the parchment. Yeah. And she brings in the barbecue into the bedroom. Yeah, actually, oh yeah. And it's so menacing. Yeah. But it's not her being like, you dirty birdie. Yeah, it's yeah. It's her just being like, well, you wrote it. Yeah, he's trying it's to... Just not, it's not what I expected from you. She's treating him like a child at that point. Oh, it's like man. washing your mouth out with soap. Like he's, he's stuck to the bed. He can't move, nothing. And she gets the, 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 the new manuscript, puts in the barbecue, covers it in lighter fluid. And then she gives him a match and goes, light it and do the thing. And he's like, no. Like, why? And he, he tries goes, to call her bluff. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I've got loads of copies and I have a copy with my 
uh, you know, my publisher and there's copies on the way to the thing. And she goes, I know you. And this was the moment when it turned for him when he knew he was fucked. Yeah. And it's just the performance played back and forward. And I don't think that could be recreated. Like, I think the focus in a remake, if it was to be made, would be more on the the visuals and the special effects and that kind of, instead of being on those subtleties between those yeah, two characters. Yeah. So Kathy Bates is walking back and forward at the bottom of the bed explaining why he has to burn the book and while she's doing it, she's ever so subtly but very menacingly flicking lighter fluid yeah, onto honestly, the bedspread yeah. as if to say like, if you don't do it, I'm going to set you on fire. Yeah, And then yeah. he lights the match and puts it in the barbecue and the, the, the script goes up or the parchment, the the the, yeah. the doc, the, the novel like goes up yeah, in flames, yeah, yeah. and then she like brings the barbecue out and then leaves him in the room. And he's just like, oh fuck! But she calls yeah. the bluff and goes like, I know you so well. Yeah, you own you don't do that because when you wrote right. your first book, you used to carry it around and you smoke one cigarette and have some yeah, Don yeah. Perignon. It's like yeah, you you had one manuscript because you didn't think anybody would yeah. want to yeah. read it, and now it's another superstition. That's oh, so uh, weird. And another favorite, like his fa- his his fault his his chink the chink in his armor is his superstitions yeah 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 actually you know, for they're all, all everything the, they're all the things that that's how like because that's why he that's why he drove in the snow too like because yeah. he that that's how he done it the first time so i never even thought of that part but it's all the super all the stuff he done all the things the superstitions and the habits he does as a writer yeah is what gets him into trouble and Kathy bates is, knows those things intimately yeah because she's his number one fan. And when you think back then to the way Stephen King described Kathy Bates' character as his drug addiction, those habitual Stephen, things that yeah. you do if you're trying to give up some kind of like uh, addiction to anything, if you keep on going on and making those same behaviors and hanging out yeah, with those yeah. same people and doing those same things, it ends up being, you know, if you're exactly. trying to give up smoking and you only smoke when you drink, then don't drink. If you're going to be drinking, you're going to be smoking. Yeah. So he's like, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah, if you want to quit smoking, but you only smoke, so you're only going to smoke when you drink, so you start drinking every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's You'd be like, uh, are you an alcoholic now? <laughs> yeah, but I give up the smokes. Like, yeah. it's weird. Um, yeah, and like with Stephen King, a lot of his, like his rituals, his habits that, me- that made him write yeah. were what then made him an addict. Like, he used to do drugs while writing. He he has no memory of writing Cujo. Um, like, he just doesn't... He, he has no recollection of ever writing that book because he just was doing loads of drugs yeah, while well, writing it. He's done a good job, I suppose. It's, a fuck, it's one of his best books. I remember that, but, like, scene from Almost Famous, you know, when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Lester Bangs is describing, like, how to be a good writer. He's like, get some speed, a little cough yeah. syrup, and he's taking... You stay up all night, man. Just write. Just for... Just for writing's sake, you know. Completely off topic, but have you ever read Hunter S. Thompson's ritual? His writing ritual? Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like a, a whiskey, a bong hit, yeah. some some cocaine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and it, the whole day he's just drinking and doing drugs, and then at nine o'clock at night he's like, Hunter, "Start writing." Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the day circles back at three a.m. and it's the same thing over. Yeah. He only writes for three hours a day, but and he's fucking drink, hammered all day. But that you know, fucking Bukowski used to do the same thing, man. Drink yeah. three bottles of wine before he'd even put pen to paper. Like, yeah, 
Sometimes you need it. Right? You know, yes. I'm, I'm I'm sober for six and a half years, so I'm I'm good. But so you're never going to be a writer. <laughs> never. Can you imagine me being hammered doing a podcast? Uh, I don't think the control, like the to try and do the edits afterwards, would be a nightmare. Yeah. I know there are lads who do podcasts and stream and drunk and stuff, but like I don't think. I can well, do that. Like we'll have a few beers sometimes doing disaster artists, but I don't think we've ever. You're not messy though. You're not. No, we've never. I don't think we've ever. The place. Yeah. There's been like one or two times where I felt like, oh, I did have one beer too much, so we just. <laughs> <laughs> so we just like stopped for a half an hour yeah. and just get a bit sober yeah went back to it but um, another favourite it's a very small moment but it actually might be my favourite <laughs> very early on after he's used the bedpan to pee yes and she's and shaking she, the bottle she's, she's talking about marriage and just shaking his piss it's, it's fucking those hilarious though. it's those that's a real Coen's Brothers moment yeah. another one uh, that stood out to me was when she she gathered her evidence and then accused Paul Sheldon of leaving the room and he's like no I didn't and she's yeah. like yes you did that little penguin in the living room he always oh. faces due south and he's turned around the wrong way and you know when he puts it back the wrong way and the camera points and you're like you're right, that's yeah. gonna come back yeah, yeah. and she's just like so now and then she gives him the fucking sodium pentothal or whatever and he, he's knocked out and then she raids the room takes his knife takes all the drugs takes all the st- like takes all of his yeah. plans away and goes like you're a dirty birdie we're gonna make you do this thing like it's so in like insidious you know the character's yeah. so good so you know fingers crossed the remake won't be a heap of shit if they do yeah. make it and it's bound to come right oh it's definitely coming it's bound to come in some form mm. um okay so uh w- on white press play we like to give one reason why so if somebody asks you why you watch misery this is the one reason you gave him johnny from disaster artist what's your one reason why you should watch misery catty bits that's, that's it that's it like, isn't, that, isn't that enough that's okay it. but it's yeah, fantastic uh, I think you should watch Misery because it's the perfect execution of a story on film uh, from start to finish like there's no fat there's no bit mm. in the movie where you're like bored yeah yeah it's, no, a, it's a great example no, it's just of an adaption absolutely right. like, lean perfect story um, and there could be extra bits I mean obviously you could put more bits in oh the yeah book. yeah and there's uh, but like in Carrie, like there's loads of bit left out, and like in any of the other adaptations, like it's all there's always yeah. Stephen Kingisms that are left because it's a yeah, fucking it's six a or seven hundred page book trying to fit. It's into a different an hour medium anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. books are about what people feel and think. Yeah. Films are about what people say and do. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the book is spent with Paul uh, lifting his typewriter and working out and, and thinking. That's a, that's a that's a ninety second montage. Yeah, like, you know? yeah. Um, so this is yeah, that's it. I mean, it's like a. A kind of a perfect movie, right? Yeah, I think it and No Country for Old Men probably the two best adaptions ever. Yeah, but perfectly like but different from the books, but close, very close. As in, took everything they needed, to, uh, went yeah. their own way where it was warranted, and just perfect translations. And you're looking forward to the new it? Uh, very. I'm just curious. Like, yeah. we're at a good point. The trailers looks class. Yeah, we're at a good point where like the problem with. Like a lot of Stephen King films were awful because money, <laughs> money. Yeah, we're at a point now where people can do stuff from his yeah. books. So doesn't seem like they're going that route with the Dark Tower all the same. But ah, uh, there's a lot of money behind that man. Like, no, I mean of... with like doing what was in the book. Yeah, no, uh, that seems like. But they're, they're looking at longevity. I mean, nobody's going to pitch like you could finish the Dark Tower in four seasons, but why? Why only do four? You know. I think they're doing the opposite they're condensing like they're it seems like from the trailer it looks like they're squeezed three it's a seven book series yeah. or an eight book 
and it seems like they squeezed four books into one uh i think it's going to go back and forth that's the thing yeah there's, well again yeah the books kind of where the books end you can kind of there's this whole uh, times a flat yeah, circle and thing the and, same with walking dead i mean that was that was a, a really well-loved uh graphic novel series that people were expecting like to move a lot faster than it did and they really yeah. pulled the fucking arse out of it you see in the trailer for dark tower they give away something that doesn't come up until the end yeah. of the series of yeah. books so you're like but that's that's the hook though maybe for dark tower you know but be, I, I, we'll have to reserve we'll have to reserve judgment and wait and see yeah but to give you an example it would be like the first trailer for game of thrones before it came out yeah if it showed you I don't want to give spoilers for Game of Thrones actually on a podcast not about it but if it showed you who Jon Snow was related to in the trailer for you know it's I that, guess yeah yeah but it has to or show if it showed a picture of Jon Snow sitting on the Iron Throne in the first episode yeah. of they do that in some of those things they have a picture like a, the, the season 7 thing is like Jon Snow sitting on the Iron Throne like yeah but they wouldn't do it in season 1 they wouldn't show you it in season 1 yeah I guess maybe it's but not also, so it's a not book great, that's out no, for 20 years so people know it's not like a fucking game of thrones uh, anyway <laughs> uh, so yeah i mean you, you gotta watch misery it's one of those ones that uh just has yeah. to, it has to be done um like white press play we're trying to recommend the best movies to watch uh some of the hidden gems that you might overlook yeah. because you're going oh this is fucking 30 years old uh, this shit is top notch yeah and it might look like a little shit piecemeal like you know most of it's done in one in one room kind of movie and you may associate it with other stephen king adaptations where there's like uh you know a co- only a couple of thousand or a couple of tens of thousands put into it yeah, like it's yeah. like a made for tv movie style looking thing but this is like uh, kathy bates james can like fucking top yeah top it's all about story. it's all about performance yeah. and character in yeah. this it's and we will do a, a live watch of the new it movie uh yeah, yeah. I, I think we could we could do that somewhere around here if we can find a, a copy of it, or maybe we could go into cinema and do it. Yeah, yeah. Do just bringing a zoom recorder into the cinema, they're yeah. not going to mind that. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, but I just have like just have like lavalier mics or something, you know. Which and what we talk. Yeah, <laughs> same. Shut up, talk man. During shut the summer. Um, yeah, because I mean, you're you're my you're my Stephen King right hand man. Like you're the biggest Stephen King fan I know. So that's it for White Press Play for this time. Uh, that was Misery, directed by Rob Reiner, 1990. It's. Uh, easy to find it's on all yeah, of those streaming yeah. services and whatever i don't think it's on netflix or it's on no it used to Hulu be or it, Amazon it or went recently but you, like i mean i think you can find there's a version on even I, on youtube i don't think they're gonna mind yeah. you tarantin uh rob reiner's not missing out anyway at this point no no but um once yeah, you're not and, smoking he doesn't care <laughs> exactly go and check out misery uh if you if you like this show and you want to reach out to us and uh tell us how great we are or indeed subscribe to uh, disaster artists and hear more from yeah. johnny and from shane about dystopian futures uh, you can check out Disaster Artists at Disaster Artists on Twitter. DisasterArtistsPodcast.com is the it. website. And uh, they're on everywhere that you get podcasts, as are we. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or on any other app, try and go in and give us a, an old rating there because it might not be worth a lot to you, but uh, apparently the internet likes that stuff and we get put to the tops of lists of yeah. things, uh, which is great exposure for a new show. If you do like this show and you want to hear me or more of my old bullshit, we do also have a show called Those Conspiracy Guys, all about conspiracies and uh, comedy, and we have loads of comedians as guests. If you want to get in contact with us about something we said in this show or something we got wrong, or maybe you want to join in the conversation, hit us up at info at whypresplay.com. We're also on Discord, uh, which is a, a messaging app, voice and text. 
And there's a whole community of people in there already talking about movies, TV shows, and computer games. We do stream computer games as well, uh, like uh, Mega Drive, SNES, classic like came uh, arcade games yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And we do PS4 and Steam games. So we do like uh, Rocket League, and at the moment I'm playing uh, The Last of Us. So you can join in on twitch.tv slash play. And we're on YouTube and Vidme with those videos as well. We will be streaming the show live at some stage and doing other... Uh, longer shows and yeah. kind of group shows with three of us where we'll take you know a director we'll take all of Rob Reiner's movies and go through them or we'll take all of Quentin Tarantino's and go, go through them or yeah. all the Stephen King adaptations and talk oh. about them all at once <laughs> oh my god that'd actually be kind of hell like, like four hours man yeah. I know uh, trying to watch all them Jesus Christ you'd have to watch the Langoliers uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if uh, if you want to get in contact with us on social media, we're on everything. Why Press Play is what we're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. Uh, we're on Reddit. We have a subreddit as well, r slash Why Press Play. And if you have any recommendation of movies you'd like to hear us talk Porn about. Pornhub. Do you have a Pornhub? We do have Pornhub and a Uges. I've never even heard of And a U-Jiz. Spank Bang as well. So yeah, we're, we're on all of these. <laughs> and uh, like I said... If you like the show, please leave us a review. We're a brand new show from a set of uh, podcasts and oldies with a successful show on the other side, but I'd like to make this one successful too. And we're going to be talking about movies, TV shows and computer games all the time in your ears as often as we can. Thanks for listening to White Press Play this time. And also thanks to Johnny from Disaster Thanks Actors for having me. Uh, we'll do more Stephen King soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.